How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? <sighs> a lot has happened since yeah. uh, we recorded last. Um, just with Fuji. Fuji oh, update. Yeah. Fuji update. So. <laughs> Fuji, Fuji update. update. <laughs> so he did <clears throat> tear his doggy ACL. Aww. I think it has a different like verbiage for it but it's basically the same thing yeah um and we had to call around me and my husband had to call around um like so many vets in like different clinics and stuff everywhere was booked out till like march oh it was insane so many hurt doggies out there yeah and then for some reason we found one and they're like yeah come in next week so we came in they did you know, his checkup and they were like, yeah, you know, it's fucked up. <laughs> Definitely broken. Like we need to fix it. So we got him uh, on a really quick surgery. And today or this week was like his second week after oh. the surgery. He was miserable. Poor baby. Yeah. So he's doing a little better. He's only been out of the cone for honestly today <laughs> i took it off a few days ago after they took his stitches out because mm-hmm. they were like oh yeah you can take that off and as soon as i took it off he licked his scabs off and started bleeding oh so i put his cone back on <laughs> and so this morning actually i took his cone off and i'm like okay i'm just gonna let you lick and he's been licking himself all fucking day <laughs> put a so. cone on the leg, leg yeah cone. he's just he's like a chronic licker beforehand uh-huh. like he will get down on his butt for like an hour <laughs> it's disgusting that's his favorite activity yes he loves licking himself and especially before bed he'll lick himself he'll like decide to do a full body bath <laughs> right before bed it's really it's hygienic loud. it's really really loud and really annoying and he had two weeks to catch up on so where is he right now he went out to the loft oh maybe he was in he was shamed because he was licking himself and I kept staring at him. He didn't give you permission to talk about him. <laughs> have you seen those like YouTube families? Yeah. And like the kids were like, you don't have my permission to put me on video or something. They like make t-shirts that say that. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. YouTube families are weird. They're so weird. Yeah. I can't imagine like... <sighs> I can't imagine being the type of person that would want to profit yeah, <laughs> from my children. From having children. Yeah. And like they don't even, I mean, some, I do watch some like family channels that are genuinely like funny, but like some of them are like that I don't watch are like vlogs or they'll be like, she'll never forgive me. And they like prank their kids and like yeah. do weird shit. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. They're going to put you in a home like the minute you turn 45. <laughs> 45. <laughs> my mom has alzheimer's she needs to be here trust me (laughs) she's out of control (laughs) she forgot her keys one time that's it that's all it takes (laughs) i feel so bad for those kids i know i'd be so pissed yeah so just hopefully if you're listening you're not one of those people and if you are we're judging you we're judging you (laughs) judging the shit out of you how dare you i appreciate like celebrities and stuff who don't even post like pictures and stuff of their kids yeah. like i think Kristen bell and dax shepherd if they have pictures with their kids they'll like censor them 
It's smart. And like they're going to let their kids decide whenever they're old enough to decide yeah. if they want to be on social media in that way. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I don't have enough like followers to like worry about that <laughs> personally. <laughs> Block out Fuji's face. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I just won't ever have to worry about it. How have you been? I've been good. Yeah. Mostly. That's good. I have nothing, nothing of note. <laughs> you didn't also get ACL surgery? Oh, I did. Oh. I was playing b-ball with the boys. Yeah. And I totally tore it. <sighs> Your career is over. I know. Yeah. Wait, wait. Uh. <laughs> My b-ball career. <laughs> That's okay. I'll get you one of those basketball hoops that are like little tights. <laughs> the plastic ones. I'll that... dunk on it. Yeah. <laughs> Hang off the edge. <laughs> On kill your myself. Knees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Skeeter. We have a friend. We almost never get Skeeter in here. It's a rare guest. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, happy fearsome Fridays, y'all. We are Unholy Gossip Girls. I'm Casey. I'm Faye. Um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water because why not? Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're finally in the middle of winter in oh, yeah. Colorado. So it's been like heavily snowing all <laughs> week. And so I am finding myself a little bit dehydrated. So I'm drinking water as well. Water twins. Yep. I still have a lot to go today. I was at Arlie's wrestling game. Ooh, did she win? No. No. <laughs> But to be fair, she's in like a girl's bracket uh -huh. and then she's in like a boy girl bracket and the boys like almost always dominate. Oh. Cuz they're the same weight. Uh-huh. But boys are just stronger. Yeah. They just are. That's just it's unfortunate. Yeah. So, yeah, they were like flipping around. It was, oh. it was intense. Ugh. And wrestling watching kids wrestle is not my favorite pastime because they get so upset. Oh yeah. Because it's not like a team sport mm -hmm. where like if your team loses, you can all feel bad. Yeah. But whenever you lose, it's your fault. Yeah. And you alone have to deal with that. <laughs> your dad's gonna yell at you on the way home. Yeah. And so my sister and her husband are really, really nice about it. They don't like yell at her or anything, but mm -hmm. I definitely have seen wrestling parents that are like, we drove eight hours to be here and you're out <laughs> in the first round. And I'm just like, God so damn. sad. And the kids are just like bawling, <laughs> snotting. And it doesn't matter how young they are. Like I've seen like boys that are like teenagers, like crying their eyes out. I'm like, God, this is terrible. This is a terrible sport. <laughs> I used to, it's not the same, but I used to coach cheerleading for like Pop Warner, mm -hmm. little kids. And there's like, little baby football players Aww. and whenever they would lose and we would have to walk by they were like snotty and crying and they're like <laughs> <laughs> like they just, it's so sad and i wonder like how are you that upset like you got to play a fun game with your friends is someone yelling at you is someone I, mad at you yeah your i don't coach? know people do get very like competitive yeah and whenever they lose it like breaks their heart it's so sad yeah I'm not a competitive person. Uh -huh. I've never been, but I think that's because I grew up with my mother and she is. <laughs> and so there was many a time, even at a young age, that I would let my mom win at board games and stuff because whenever she lost, it was like unpleasant really? to be in my house. It was like hostile. That's crazy. Yeah. She'd be like slamming doors and be like, I'm fine. And I'm just like, 
bitch, no, you're not. You're absolutely not fine. It was just Monopoly. Like, calm the fuck down. We're just playing Operation. <laughs> right? Oh, if you play Sorry with her or Trouble or mm-hmm. one of those type of games where, like, you really have to fuck over your teammates Uh Mm. (laughs) i would fuck over everyone else except i would never touch her stuff (laughs) absolutely not because she will hold it against you for like a week she'll be so mad at you you should play mario party with her yeah she would she would steal your stars (laughs) yeah are you a competitive person i'm not but like i like to win yeah, everyone likes it. Yeah. But if you lose, you don't it's not like the end of your life. No. I lose a lot, so <laughs> if, it, if it affected me, I'd be dead. <laughs> but if you lost at Mall Madness, the best game and hardest game there ever. I was. love that game. I'm an expert at Mall Madness. Yeah, yeah. If I lost, it'd be rare. You should start a Twitch channel. Yeah. Just play, just play Mall, Mall Madness <laughs> by myself. <laughs> every every single of the characters then i always win (laughs) that's true oh my gosh i love mall madness it's really good the original is way better but i can't find the original because i mean they don't make it anymore so everyone's reselling their stuff for like hundreds of dollars yeah the new one's pretty fun too it's just not the same it's not the same the old one was like harder it was the new one is really easy you can play it in like when did we play like 20 minutes yeah it's it it goes by real fast just getting all the deals anyway that was board games corner (laughs) right after wrestling corner right after fuji corner oh are we ready to start this i guess if we have to (laughs) wanted more corners corner 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 so i'm gonna tell you a really well-known story that i have heard and i'm sure you have too Mm -hmm. um but even after i've heard the story I was trying to tell my dad about it today before I started researching it, and I remembered the wrong facts. So (laughs) we'll see if you remember it this way, because I sure didn't. I remembered it the opposite way of how it actually is. So anyway, this is the story of Lindy Chamberlain Creighton and the death of Azura Chamberlain, a.k.a. Dingo ate my baby. Oh, no. Yeah. Damn dingoes. So you've heard this story? I mean, everyone's like known about it, but have you actually heard the story? Yes. Okay. I have, I feel like at least twice on podcasts and I still fucking couldn't remember. <laughs> so here it is again. It's really good. It's a really interesting, interesting story. Yes. All right. We're going to start with the early life of the mother. Alice Lynn Merchinson was born in 1948 in New Zealand. She was known as Lindy from a young age because maybe her middle name is Lynn. Lindy. I guess. Uh, she moved to Australia with her family in 1969. She, that's the year we went to the moon. Oh, maybe it's related. Definitely. Probably. Yeah. She and her family were members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and she married an Adventist pastor, the New Zealand-born Michael Chamberlain, in 1969, (laughs) whenever she moved out there. So she was 20. Okay. So she moved to Australia with her family when she was 20, 
immediately met somebody and was like, <laughs> let's get married. Gotta marry him. <laughs> For the first five years after their marriage, they lived in Tasmania, after which they moved to Mount Isa or in northern Queensland. Australia is so interesting. <laughs> Got some... How cool is that word? Tasmania. Tasmania. I want to live there. Me too. I don't know what's there. Probably Tasmanian, Tasmanian devils. devils. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> There's no people. We're very uneducated. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in the 70s, the Chamberlains had two sons, Aiden, born in 1973, and Reagan, born in 1976. Chamberlain's first daughter, Oz... Azra, uh, Azraya, maybe the baby. Azaria, uh, Azaria. That's how it looks like it's written here. Okay, Azaria. I don't know, I don't know her. That sounds better. Never Azaria was born in 1980. Her second daughter and fourth child, child, <laughs> child, Kalia, Kalia was born in 1982 she was described the lindy was described as being an exemplary mother oh yeah all right this is the story of the disappearance oh no when azaria <laughs> how did you say it? azaria azaria <laughs> i like your way better <laughs> I like had a stroke. <laughs> Azariah. <laughs> okay. When the baby, geez, was two months old, two months is whenever she was disappeared. Two months. Oh, how scary. I know. The family went on a camping trip to Uluru, arriving on August 16th, 1980. On the night of August 17th, Lindy reported that the child had been taken from their tent by a dingo. A massive search was organized. The baby was not found, but the jumpsuit she had been wearing was discovered about a week later, about two and a half miles from the tent, bloodstained at the neck, Aww. indicating the probable death of the missing child. A jacket the child had been wearing was not found at the time. From the day Azraya went missing lindy and michael chamberlain maintained that a dingo took their child early on in the case the facts showed that the two years before she went missing the uluru chief ranger derek roth had been writing to the government urging a dingo cull whatever that means and get rid of them may or i don't know it's like culling where you like like what they do with baby chickens what to get rid of the boys oh that's fucked up yeah <laughs> Jeez. um and warning off imminent human tragedy uh a warning of imminent human tragedy roff noted that dingoes in the area were becoming increasingly aggressive approaching and sometimes biting people they're kind of cute though so Teachable moment. <laughs> I'm going to learn you about dingoes. All right. The dingo is a medium-sized canine that possesses a lean, hardy body adapted for speed, agility, and stamina. 
These canines prey on 177 different species, represented by mammals, birds, vegetation, reptiles, insects, fish, crabs, and frogs. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Some 80% of their diet consists of these 10 species. The red kangaroo. Oh, my God. Swamp wallaby. Cattle. <laughs> dusk, dusky rat. Magpie goose. Common bushtail possum. Long-haired rat, and the oh, the agile wallaby, European rabbit, and a common wombat. How big are they? They look like kind of like dogs, like so a medium-sized dog. Cattle. I don't know. That's wild. They must ha like gang up on them or something. No, oh. like hyenas maybe. Yeah. Um, dingoes usually attack from the rear as they pursue their prey. They kill their prey by biting the throat, which damages the trachea and the major blood vessels of the neck. Dingoes generally avoid conflict with humans, but they are large enough to be dangerous. Most attacks involve people feeding wild dingoes. The vast majority of dingo attacks are minor in nature, but some can be major and a few have been fatal. Here's a picture. Aww, little baby. Aren't they kind of cute? They are. They kind of look like, like a Sheba. In the fur, yeah, you know, in the ears too, they do. like a feisty, fucked up sheep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the initial inquiry supported that the Chamberlain's account of Azraya's uh, disappearance, finding a dingo took their child. So at first they were like, yeah. But then the Supreme Court was like, no. <laughs> and they ordered an inquest, um, a second inquest in December 1981. Fuji. Hi, Fuji. He's trying to get comfortable right behind me and he keeps oh. butt bumping me. Okay. He is settled. All right. Um, by an indictment presented to the Supreme Court of the Northern Territory in September 1982, Lindy was charged with Azraya's murder. Oh, no. Michael Chamberlain was charged with being an accessory after the fact. So how did they decide who did the murder? Mm, they basically decided 100% on clothing. Oh. <laughs> on the one piece of clothing that they found it. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. On October 29th, 1982, the Chamberlains were both found guilty as charged. Oh, no. She literally went to prison. And I didn't put this in here, but she had her fourth child while she was in prison. Oh. Yeah. That would be horrifying. Yeah. In committing the Chamberlains for trial, the coroner who performed the second inquest and recorded findings as to the cause and manner of Ezra's death stated that although the evidence was, to a large degree, circumstantial, a jury properly instructed could arrive at a verdict with regard to the clothing evidence. He surmised that the Chamberlains knew dingoes were in the area, attempted to simulate a dingo attack, recovered Azraya's buried body, removed her clothing, damaged it by cutting it to make it look like a dingo attacked mm -hmm. and like per, like made it look like there were bite marks, rubbed the clothing in vegetation and deposited the clothes for later recovery. On this basis and that of the blood evidence of 
unknown origin found in the car, the Chamberlains were prosecuted and convicted for the murder of their two-month-old baby. With Lindy sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. And Michael Chamberlain suspended for three years as an accessory to murder. So I'm not sure what that means. Suspended? He can't go to school anymore. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Must be a different verbiage in Australia. Yeah. Maybe that suspended. Maybe that means they're like on parole or something. Probably. If you're an accessory to murder and you're just on parole. That's messed up. (laughs) Especially a baby. Yeah. (laughs) So the stain believed to have been blood that was found in the Chamberlain's car was later determined to be most likely a sound deadening compound from a manufacturing overspray. So it wasn't even blood. Oh, wow. Couldn't test that before we put him in prison? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So this was before DNA was like big time Hot but still i think you can be like this is or isn't blood yeah whatever i think i could tell by my eyes <laughs> maybe <laughs> sorry fuji's having a bath i don't oh. know if you guys can hear it but it's right behind me can you hear it i can hear it <laughs> <laughs> so they could definitely hear it <laughs> sorry about that all right the prosecution's theory was that In a five to ten minute absence from the campfire, Lindy returned to her tent, did whatever was necessary to stop her younger son, Aiden, uh, her, no, her older son, they were both young, uh, from following her. So she was like, stay here. Changed into tracksuit pants, I guess, took the baby to the car, obtained and used scissors to cut her throat, waited for her to die hid the body in a camera case in the car don't know why this is a thing (laughs) cleaned up the blood on everything including the outside of the camera case removed the tracksuit pants i guess i guess maybe she put on the pants um obtained beans for her son from the car returned to the tent did something to leave blood splashes there inside of the tent and brought her son, Aiden, back to the campfire without ever attracting attention from other campers. In like 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That seems like a, a lot of activities. Seems like a lot of why. <laughs> um, I like the beans part best. <laughs> she then later returned to the tent and immediately claimed that she saw a dingo taking her baby with evidence implicating a dingo being purely coincidental. No one noticing alleged blood on Lindy's clothes in the hours after the disappearance uh, was purely fortunate. She also must have somehow done it without her husband's knowledge, or he was also incredibly daring given that he left his children and her children in her care afterwards. Okay. So this is like what the prosecution, like that's that's what they decided. That's their theory. They're like, Obviously, this happened. She obviously got beans for her son. (laughs) All right. In the second inquest concerning the clothing evidence alone, there's a lot of things here. Mm -hmm. Number one, the clothing of the deceased child had been buried prior to its finding and probably contained the body of the child when buried. Not sure what 
that has to do with anything. Number two, there's no evidence on the clothing of dragging or catching, nor the presence of saliva. The lack of saliva and dragging are inconsistent with a dingo carrying a body a distance of two and a half miles. I guess. Okay. The jumpsuit was completely done up by studs to the neck, which remained closed while the child was bleeding. So she was like wearing, I'm assuming this is kind of like a, a onesie mm-hmm. and maybe it had buttons along the front uh-huh. and it had buttons all the way up to the neck and it was all, whenever they found just the onesie, it was all buttoned up. I don't think I put it in here because it was a very, very long <laughs> episode already, but later on they couldn't recall if they found the onesie buttoned up or not they said somebody had picked it up buttoned it up put it back down and then took pictures that's weird yeah so there was like tampering with the evidence it's so dumb yeah <laughs> why would you for what reason i don't know because it was the 80s and they're idiots that's true <laughs> they were all on cocaine all right with that let's take a quick break and we'll come back with more evidence all right bye And we're back. Hello. Okay. So, after the blood had dried on the two top studs, the buttons, um, they were undone prior to the clothing being buried whilst containing the body of the child. So, this is all just, like, circumstantial shit that they just made up. Yeah. Like, none of this so far is factual. Maybe the... uh, the thing about the foliage or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that was about, <laughs> maybe that one. But most of this is just like they're just making shit up. It's fan fiction. Yeah. All right. Number five: single holes or indentations which appear in the clothing could be consistent with teeth marks of an animal, but the absence of tissue stains in the conjunction of those holes. So, like, if an animal were to bite through. And it would puncture the skin. You would Mm -hmm. have some like skin or something there. And there wasn't. Um, So they said it was inconsistent. Um, The evidence clearly established that the clothing had been cut and placed uh, places torn. Sorry, cut in places torn by a person with scissors. Yeah, Clearly. Obviously. (laughs) Oh, this is it. The vegetation. So we hadn't gone to this part. Sorry. Vegetation contamination on the clothing is inconsistent with the vegetation found at the scene and inconsistent with the likely contamination which would have occurred if the clothing with a body in it had been carried by an animal. So this supports the view that the vegetation contamination was caused by human intervention. Oh, no. But even then, like, two and a half miles away, wouldn't it have similar vegetation? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's also complicated. Number seven. The clothes, uh, as found, were not strewn around the area. And this is inconsistent with an animal being responsible for their placement. Because the clothes were, like, buried or something. Mm. 
Number eight in the last one. Scissors were found in the Chamberlain's car on which there was human blood staining on the edge of the scissor. Oh. But they couldn't DNA test, so. Yeah, so it's just blood. Yeah. From this evidence, it was concluded that both Chamberlains were implicated for covering their crime. But I feel like if you were conspiring to kill your two-year-old or two-month-old, couldn't you do that in a much easier way? Yeah, there's so many ways to kill a two-month-old. <laughs> like, on accident, yeah. even. Like, have you heard those really sad stories of, like, babies on their dad's chest sleeping? Like, all those really cute pictures? Uh-huh. And then the dad accidentally, like, rolls over and, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrible. I know. Every time I see one of those really cute pictures, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Better stay awake. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. It's All scary. right. I know. Uh, the prosecution's expert testimony for forensic evidence included that of James Cameron, a scientist who had also given crucial evidence in a case in England, which was later overturned when his expert evidence was proved wrong. Huh. Sounds like a good guy to have. Yeah. It's <laughs> just <laughs> so ridiculous whenever it all adds up like this. Like, how? Ugh, whatever. With regard to the timing of the baby's cry, so they heard a cry um, after she came back from her car and Lindy's whereabouts, the prosecution also claimed that the Chamberlain's convinced fellow camper and witness Sally Lowe to say that she heard a cry <laughs> after Lindy returned to the campfire. <laughs> hey, you know that cry you just heard? What? No. Yes, she's you like, did. She can throw her voice. She's like, well, did you just hear what that? that? <laughs> All right. So that is what the prosecution said. Here is the evidence that a dingo did take the baby. Okay. So, camper Sally Lowe and Michael Chamberlain gave evidence that they heard a baby cry at the time when Lindy was with them at the barbecue area, and Azraya was believed to be in the family tent. So, this was after she went to the car. Witness Judith West was also camped, who was also camped 98 feet away, testified to hearing a dog's low, throaty growl oh, coming no. from that direction. That's not good. If there was that many people there, that is a ballsy dingo. Yeah. Like, that's freaky. He's afraid of no one. I feel like I feel like Australia is just not one of those places you want to go camping. No. You could not pay me to go camping in Australia. <laughs> like everything is trying to kill you there. I would only live in a tower if I had to live in Australia. <laughs> tower. Where nothing can get in. Oh my gosh. But just don't live there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. With beautiful people. But god damn it. <laughs> you see pictures of bugs there? And they're massive. That big. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Lindy gave evidence that in response to others hearing the cry, she went to the tent. Halfway to the tent, she thought she saw a dingo emerging from the tent, having difficulty getting out of the tent and shaking its head vigorously. From her view... The nose was obscured, so she saw, like, the back of its body mm -hmm. coming out, like, backing out. She cried, Michael, 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 sorry, <laughs> the dingo's got my baby, and ran into the tent to check on her children. So her other kids were there, I think. 
um, and the baby was missing. She chased the direction she thought it had gone and called out to her husband for a torch, which I'm assuming is just a, a flashlight. flashlight. <laughs> Those freaks. <laughs> they literally take out like a torch. <laughs> he's like, yep, let me wrap a t-shirt and dip it in gasoline. And he's <laughs> oh my God. The tiki torch. <laughs> oh, all right. Police Detective Sergeant John Lincoln gave evidence that he took photographs of large paw prints a few centimeters from Azraya's cot. I don't know how. Maybe the tent didn't have a bottom on it? Hmm. Otherwise, how would you see that? Yeah. I don't, maybe they make tents differently <laughs> down there. All right. They and... want the bugs to come in. <laughs> like we're used to it the more bites the better it's good for <laughs> your immune system all right and they found what was probably blood outside of the tent he collected samples but they were never tested okay cool stupid <laughs> so stupid they're like oh yeah that's just barbecue sauce <laughs> from the beans <laughs> bean juice <laughs> Uh, camper Sally Lowe also gave evidence that she had brought Reagan out of the tent after the occurrence. So that that Sally went into the tent, I think, to grab Reagan, I guess. I'm not really sure. Um, when she was in the tent, she observed a pool of blood by the tent in the tent, about six by four inches pool of blood. Mm -hmm. Another witness who entered the tent that night police constable frank morris gave evidence that there was only a few drops of blood maybe he's just like really used to blood so he's like oh, it's nothing <laughs> some drops <laughs> he just wanted to sound cool uh, canine hairs were located in the tent and on the jumpsuit and the chamberlains did not own a dog <gasps> so what does it all mean <laughs> So, uh, Les Harris, then president of the Dingo Foundation, which that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm president of the Fuji Foundation. Oh, I'm going to make a donation. Ooh. Two hugs. He would love that. Aww. He loves hugs. He's calmed down now. He's all clean. He's for, a precious baby. For now. Um, anyway, the president of the Dingo Foundation gave evidence that his opinion based on years of studying dingoes is that a dingo could have enveloped the head of a baby in its mouth and carried the weight of a baby over a long distance. He produced photographs of dingoes enveloping the head of baby sized of a baby sized doll in its jaws. Jesus. So I'm assuming he produced that like at the court or whatever. Yeah. Azraya's uh, clothing was found only 98 feet from a dingo's den. Oh. Yeah. Although no one, including the chief ranger and his deputy, was aware of the den at the time. They keep it hidden. There's no sign out front. <laughs> like, no humans allowed. <laughs> All right. So, some new evidence. New evidence emerged on uh, in 1986 when Azraya's jacket, which the police had maintained did not exist... <laughs> was found partially buried adjacent to the dingo lair in an isolated location nearby. Five days later, with the discovery of Azraya's missing jacket, 
supporting the Chamberlain's defense case, Lindy was released from prison and her life sentence was remitted. All right. So it only took five days. That's good. Like not five years, which I feel like that would not happen in the U.S. No. <laughs> In 1987, a royal commission began investigating the matter further. After two more inquests, one in 1995 and one in 2012, everyone finally came to a conclusion. I really had to wrap this up because they went on and on and on and on. <laughs> and it was a lot of the same. Yeah. A lot of there was this and then there was also this, but it could have been this. And then this person said this. <laughs> so I Very just. Very thorough. I condensed it to one sentence. Nice. On June 12th, 2012, an Australian coroner made a final ruling that a dingo took baby Azraya Chamberlain from a campsite in 1980 and caused her death. Wow. Took 32 years. That's crazy. Those poor parents. I know. So this section's called, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> The National Museum of Australia has in its collection more than 250 items related to the disappearance of Osraya Chamberlain. What? Which Lindy Chamberlain has helped document. Items include courtroom sketches, camping equipment, a piece of the dashboard from the family car. Why? Outfits worn by Lindy and the number from her prison door. And the black dress worn by Azraya, maybe just a dress she had. Yeah. I want to go to that museum. <laughs> right. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, fun fact the quote, a dingo ate my baby, isn't actually the quote. <laughs> So the phrase was popularized via the case, but Lindy has reported to have either called out to her husband, the dingo's got my baby. A dingo took my baby, that dog's got my baby, or my god, a dingo has got my baby. Why is that her baby? Shouldn't you say our baby? I don't know. Our baby. Yeah. Our dingo. Whenever I'm talking about my pets, uh -huh. if they're doing something wrong, I'm like, your son. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so... And then every other time it's like, my baby. Yeah. You know, like, my baby, my, my baby. I don't go, our baby. <laughs> so I, I, get it. I get it. Yeah. I do the same thing even whenever I'm like talking about my parents mm -hmm. to like my sister. I'll be like, and then my dad, I mean, our dad. <laughs> and she does it too because you're just so used to saying my. Yeah. Because. If I'm talking about my dog to you and to everyone else in the entire planet, whenever I talk to the one person where it's our. Uh-huh. You forget. Yeah. Okay. So that's my justification for that. Um, sources are Wikipedia. Good source. Yeah. So she never said a dingo ate my baby. I feel lied to. I know. Everyone, everyone says, like, everyone's heard that. I, yeah. Like it was like kind of like a funny thing. It was like a 80s meme. Yeah. <laughs> you said in uh I feel like I heard it first in like middle school. Yeah, probably. It's where everything comes from. <laughs> from preteens just being <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah. Uh yeah. I can't believe that. 
so sad. She was imprisoned for it. Like, it's gotta oh. mess you up. Your baby's dead, and now you're in prison. Yeah, and you have a baby in prison, and they literally take it away from you. So sad. Yeah. Well, I hope she did well in life. Yeah, I was gonna put a like, where are they now? But um, it was kind of not great. They got divorced. She wrote Aww. a book. And that was it. They didn't say anything about her other kids. Oh. So. Sad. Yeah. Sad all around. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a very good where are they now. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Okay. But I mean, if you go through something like that with your spouse, I mean, people get divorced over way worse things. Like, yeah. way pettier things. Like, he chews really loud. <laughs> so, like, wow, my wife was convicted of murdering our two-month-old. She was in prison. And then we spent years and years and years, 32 years, fighting it. Yeah. And it kind of broke up our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. Especially once it was, like, over. I don't know when they got divorced, but, like, can you imagine once it's over, like, you've been fighting for that long. 32 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. And for it to be finally over, like, what's your life like? What do we talk about now? Yeah. <laughs> like... What do you do after that? <laughs> like, what are you fighting for after that? You might as well just, I don't know, get a job. Kill one of your other kids. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> It'd be her grandkids probably at that point. <laughs> 32 years. Yeah. Crazy. So the lesson is don't go camping where there's dingoes. Don't go camping. Period. I go camping a lot. I Not like camping. Multiple... I like going to cabins. Yeah, I go multiple times a year, and we go what my husband refers to as glamping. Glamping. Because we are in RVs. Yeah. With electricity and toilets and heaters, usually. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is nice. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like staying in a hotel. I go to this tiny little cabin that has, like, no outlets. <laughs> There's nothing to do. It's just a little cabin with a bed in it and a little kitchen. What do you guys do? Just hang out. Read books. Oh. <laughs> you just sit around and just read sit. books? Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's an outhouse. Yeah. Oh. That's not nice. <laughs> you can't take a shower, which sucks. You guys should upgrade your cabin choice. No, it's so fun. <laughs> you just feel like you're in olden times. Yeah. Yeah. We do, uh, like, whenever we go camping during the day, we'll read or something like everyone's just super chill some yeah. people take naps <laughs> like it's always really chill and then at night we like drink like mixed drinks like margaritas and stuff and uh -huh. play card games i want to go camping yeah i want to go glamping you can go with us sometime but we go motorcycle and atving oh do you want to do that i did that once i went with you yeah it's on we have ones we have different, we don't have, okay, so we don't really have ATVs anymore. We go motorcycling and um, they're called side-by-sides. They're basically like golf carts, uh -huh. but like really rugged. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm totally going next time. Okay. We go at Memorial Day-ish, so uh -huh. like in May-ish, May-ish, June-ish, uh -huh. sometime around there. Uh, sometime around 4th of July, which I will not be going to, that one. And then sometime around Labor Day, which I will not be going to that one either. <laughs> so Memorial Day. Memorial Day it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, oh, happy first Friday of March, right? Is it? Yeah. Nice. 
Wow. It's a good month. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Pro- it has to be. Wait, what is this? It's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. us. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, wait, no, this is it. Yeah, that's this one. Yeah. Awesome. What's in March? <sighs> Not St. Patrick's Day? Yes. And that's it, right? It's spring if you live in a better place. Yeah. For us, it's the dead of winter. (laughs) That's when we get our worst snow. I was was talking to a manager this on Friday, and he Uh was like, wow, the snow this week was insane. And it was because it snowed for like over a day. Uh And that usually doesn't happen here. It'll snow like for several hours and then melt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was a little weird that it snowed for like a day and a half. But other than that, it was pretty normal. And he was like freaking out. He's like, I couldn't get my car out of my driveway. And it was crazy. I couldn't even come to work. <laughs> um, the store was closed. We couldn't get anybody to come in. I was like, okay. Okay. He's <laughs> like, I can't, I can't believe that a Groundhog Day told us six more weeks of winter. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're joking, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, this six is more months of winter. <laughs> I know like we just started bro and he's like what are you talking about i was like january is like the beginning of winter yeah and it goes till like may (laughs) he was like no (laughs) he's from uh washington state so it's gonna suck for him (laughs) yeah yep welcome to winter so yeah saint patrick's day when is easter is that in april i think that's april okay well, are we going to do anything for St. Patrick's Day? Go we get should. green beer? Yeah. They just put, like, food dye in it. I know. <laughs> it's still fun, Your though. vomit's green. I have never vomited. I up. haven't either, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. I do know if you have, like, green food dye, it makes your poop turn colors. Really? Pretty sure it makes it turn green. You know what we should... Oh, never mind. What? I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Well, on that poopy note... <laughs> I guess we'll see you guys next Friday. Goodbye. Bye.